Space, the final frontier. This is the Observer's Notebook, the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. Its mission to explore the solar system, to seek out new observations and data, to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. And now the host of the Observer's Notebook, Tim Robertson. Hey, hello and welcome to this special edition of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. It's the official podcast of the Association of Lunar and Planetary Observers. I'm Tim Robertsons, your host of the podcast. This special edition is time-sensitive, so I'm releasing it not on the normal every two-week basis, but it has to do with the Gemini meteor shower, and I had a nice sit-down conversation with the coordinator of the ALPO's meteor section, uh, Bob Lunsford. So here's the podcast. hope you enjoy it. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to the Observer's Notebook Podcast. Our repeat customer today is Bob Lunsford. He's the uh, coordinator for the meteor section for the ALPO. Welcome back, Bob. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah, now this is another one of our updates on a upcoming meteor shower, right? we got a goodie coming up next week, the Geminids. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. The Geminids uh, happen every year during the first uh, three weeks of December. They peak on December 13th, and they're usually the best shower of the year. Oh, I thought the Leonids was. Uh, Leonids used to be. Oh. But the Leonids go in 33-year cycles. We're right in the middle of the down part of that cycle. So you'll see the Leonids tick back up toward the year 2033. Uh, for now, I'll, I'll look for, forward to that. Okay. Yeah, for now, the Leonids only produce about 10 meteors an hour at best. Okay. And the Geminids, we can expect much more. <laughs> Great. So give us a little background on where the Geminids come from and why they're called that and what okay. we can expect to see. You bet. The Geminids are one of the only showers that uh, are produced by an asteroid. Uh, we didn't know this until uh, 1983, but uh, we had a satellite in orbit that found this object that was never seen from the ground, and by golly, it had an orbit very similar to the Geminid. So, now, that's, uh, let me stop you right there. That's that's really interesting, because I always thought that meteor showers were debris fields from comets. Well, this could have been an, an old comet. Uh, this just may have lost all its material. Okay. Uh, but uh, believe it or not, it, it looks very asteroidal-like. Um, it has a weird orbit, though, kind of in, in between the two. But when it passes close to the sun, and it gets a lot closer than Mercury, it has been seen to shed debris like a comet. Interesting. So uh, we have a very interesting case here. So anyway, this has the shortest orbit of, of any of the asteroids, and we happen to pass close to it every December, and we get very close to it uh, on the morning of the 14th. Great. So, to view the Geminids, uh, this is one of the only showers that is actually visible uh, all night long. Uh, at this time of year, the constellation Gemini, the twins, 
lies opposite the sun. So as the sun's setting, Gemini is rising in the east. So you can't really see many meteors when the, when the radiant uh, lies on the horizon there, mm-hmm. radiant being where the meteors come from. Uh, but as the night progresses, the Geminis become more and more numerous. And between 1 a.m. and 2 a.m. is when it lies almost overhead from our latitude. And meteors are raining down all over the place. <laughs> oh my, now, what, what do we expect for the moon to be that night? The moon will be a waning crescent. So it won't be rising until 3 or 4 in the morning. And uh, it'll it'll be out of the way, basically. So um, it, it, it's going to be almost, almost perfect condition. Great. Now, what type of uh, meteors are, will we see with the shower? Okay, the the Gemini strike is pretty much at a perpendicular angle, which means they're going to be uh, medium speed, they're not real fast. You're not going to see a lot of vaporized trains from the shower, but um, they tend to last longer than most of them. You know, between a half second and a second, and uh, they're known for producing a lot of fireballs. Oh. Of, of many colors. So that's always a highlight. Oh, that's good. So how many meteors per hour would you say? It all depends on what time you watch. Like I said, if you watch early in the evening, you won't see many. But the ones you see then are just grazing the upper atmosphere, which means they will last up to five seconds. Wow. And they're, they're really quite spectacular. But you only see one of those about every five to ten minutes and they tend to pass either low in the in the south or low in the in the in the, in the north you very rarely get when it goes overhead but when you do wow they're really spectacular because they rise up from the, from the eastern horizon and shoot up up toward the zenith and wow you just sitting at your mouth hanging on saying wow that is really cool oh, that's, <laughs> that's really cool yeah i like that that's gonna be pretty cool so for those new listeners um Welcome. And how would you recommend someone go out and observe this meteor shower? Well, based, you know, being it uh, going to be mid-December, be sure and dress warm. And uh, I would advise uh, you get a lounge chair. So, you know, the ones hopefully you haven't put them away from the summertime. <laughs> Pull them out. Uh, maybe even throw a sleeping bag in there and get nice and warm and cozy. And and look toward the east if you're watching during the evening. And uh, just uh, lay back. And the longer you count, you will notice that the Geminids, just like every other meteor shower, come in little swarms. There'll be five minutes where you won't see any, and then you'll see five Geminids within a minute period. So uh, the main thing is to get comfortable. Don't stand there and watch them. Uh, (laughs) One, you'll get a stiff neck, and you'll get cold, and um, it, it just doesn't work out. So, that sounds yeah. like my type of observing. Sit back, relax with some hot chocolate, and there you just, go. just look up. Fantastic. There you go. Now, um, as the coordinator of the meteor section, are you looking for specific types of observations to be submitted to you? Uh, what we're looking for is basically uh, one-hour counts. Uh, if you can count an hour and try to separate Geminids from non-Geminids, it's real easy because 90% of the meteors are going to be coming from Gemini that night. But there's going to be other ones. There's going to be slower ones from Taurus and actually faster ones from points east such such as Leo. Uh, These are minor showers, and you're always going to have your sporadic meteors that are shooting all over the place. So uh, one thing I could suggest is try to find a spot as dark as possible. If you're you're watching from downtown, 
uh, you're only going to see the brighter meteors. And like all meteor showers, the Geminids are rich in faint meteors. So the, the fainter the star you can see, the more meteors you'll see. That's good advice. Good advice. Um, wh what are you going to be looking for during the meteor shower? Um, I'm going to be lying down, hopefully nice and toasty, <laughs> and I'm going to have a, a recorder. And what I do is I give the time and the magnitude, any other, any other notable things that that I can, you know, maybe the color or a fragment or, or or something like that. But I plan to be at it as much as possible. I'll probably watch. Starting watching about six, six o'clock in the morning Pacific in the morning, six o'clock in the evening Pacific time. Try to catch some of those long Earth rays, as, as we call them, and then I'll take a little break between old seven and, and ten. And at ten o'clock, that's when they really get going. The radiant will be roughly halfway up in the eastern sky, and uh, you should start pushing maybe fifty to sixty Geminis an hour by then. Wow. And, uh, you know, I'm going to start then. I'm going to try to go as long as I can. And by 2 o'clock, the radiant is nearly overhead. And they ought to be really cranking down then. If you're in a dark sky site, you have a chance to surpass 100 Geminids an hour. Wow. And you said something interesting that you get a recorder out. So you're not physically taking notes while you're watching the meteor shower. You're just talking, so you don't have to look down. That is correct. I want to keep my eye in the sky because uh, there's been times when I have uh, plotted meteors and I've seen the plot light up due to a fireball. That oh. I <laughs> no, no, no. You don't want to do that. Okay, well, that, that's that's really good advice. That you know, just get a recorder and and just tape record yourself for an hour watching the meteor shower and what you see, and you can estimate the brightness all that time, and you're not going to miss anything. Really good advice. I like that. Yeah, we've been doing that for a long time, and it. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a little long to listen to all of your information, but uh, it's, it's much better better than missing uh, a lot a lot of meteors. Yeah, it's, it's a more accurate count, probably too. You betcha. And oh. let me a, 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 offer a little advice. If it looks like your weather is going to be cloudy on the night of maximum, which is Wednesday night, Thursday morning, thirteen slash fourteen, the rates will be good uh, two days previous. So maybe Tuesday, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, if you'd like to watch on those days, the counts will be almost as good. It won't surpass a, a meteor a minute. Uh, unfortunately, after the maximum, <clears throat> the gemid rates really drop fast. So on, on Friday morning, the 15th, it will probably be no better than 30 geminids an hour. So. Okay, that's, that's interesting to know. Now, the 14th then is Thursday. That'll be Thursday morning. So okay. Wednesday night, Thursday morning is the big night. So that's the night to go out and set. Okay. So you're going to go out right around after sunset and see how many you see in the first part of the evening and then go back out around 10. That is correct, yeah. Okay, good. Well, I'll, you try, to, I'll try to get a nap, but I'll probably be too excited. So. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, I went out and I observed the last one that we talked about. That was a lot of fun. It had been years since I'd done a meteor shower, and I'm looking forward to this one as well. Well, this one should be much better. I guarantee it. Fantastic. And, and even, you know, I, I remember watching this as a kid uh, from right down in the in the suburbs, and they were they were easily shooting about at 9 and 10 in the evening. So, you know, if you make it a little effort to, to get to a prime spot, 
you will really be impressed. I guarantee it. That sounds good, like good advice. Do you have anything else to add to, to our listeners? Uh, not really. Um, like I said, um, keep warm and keep comfortable and enjoy the show. Great. <laughs> and after this meteor shower, when's the next good one? We have a really minor one uh, called the Earthids, which occur on the uh, 22nd, which looks like a Friday morning. And uh, that pales, unfortunately, to, to the Earthids. They have produced outbursts in, in a few years, uh, maybe up to 25 an hour, but your normal Earthid return is maybe 5 to 10 at, at the best. Um, so it's, it, it's worth watching, maybe especially if you get clouded out for the, for the Geminids. Okay. And uh, beyond that, we have the quadrantages, which is a real biggie, um, just after New Year's. But unfortunately, that coincides with a, with a full moon. Oh. So that's going to be tough to watch this year. Okay. All right. Well, if there's any others later in the year, I'm sure we'll get together and post another podcast to talk about them. You bet. The first years of 2018 are going to be great, just like the Geminids. So great. We'll now, now... Are there observing forms that people can download? or? Yes, uh, they can go. Uh, I don't believe there's any currently on the AOPO, AOPO site, but they can go to www.ams.org, ams.org, and go under visual, visual observations, and there are some PDF and or Microsoft Word forms that they can download. If you're a beginner, uh, there are beginning forms that just, uh, ask for the basic and if you really want to try to get some of these other uh, things on meteors you can try to guesstimate the duration and the degrees per second and all kinds of goodies so it, it, it ranges from really easy to, to pretty uh, pretty specific okay well I'll look those up and I'll add links in the show notes so people can easily go there from after listening to this podcast and there will be an article on the Geminids on the AOPO meteor section too so uh I will yeah, link that. There will some, be some charts and some nice pictures, too. <laughs> Great. I'll link that, and I know your contact information is there as well, so I'll also put that there. You bet. You All bet. Right. All right. Well, Bob, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast again. Most welcome. Welcome. You look forward to the next one. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Observer's Notebook Podcast. I again want to thank our special return guest, Bob Lunsford, coming on and give us an update to the uh, December 14th, uh, 13th, 14th, 2017 Gemini Meteor Shower. Get out there and observe it. It sounds like a lot of fun. It's going to be a glorious event. We upload a new episode of the Observer's Notebook every few weeks. You can subscribe to us on iTunes. If you do, please rate and review us. I do appreciate it. You can also listen on SoundCloud. The link is in the show notes. And we're even available on Google Play and Stitcher and just about anywhere else you can find a podcast. This podcast is supported by you, our listeners. You can donate to it via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash Observer's Notebook. You can give us, give us as little as a dollar a month. If you feel even generous, even more generous, you can give up to $35 a month where you will receive a one-year's membership to the ALPO and producer credits on the podcast. And with that, I want to give a special thanks to our special sponsor or or producer for this podcast, Steve Seidentop, for his continued generous support. Thank you very much, Steve. 
The link for Patreon as well as the link for the ALPO is in the show notes. If you have, if you have questions for me, comments on the podcast, you'd like to have a topic that we talk about, you can get a hold of me via email at cometman at cometman.net or on Twitter at, at @observersnbpod. That's at @observersnbpod on Twitter. You can join the ALPO. Membership begins at only 14 bucks a year. You can find out more at www.alpo-astronomy.org. And we're also on Facebook. The ALPO's Facebook page, just go to that search field and type in ALPO Astronomy. And you'll find the organization, if you just type in ALP, you'll find something about dog food, I think. Or the podcast also has a Facebook page. Just search for Observer's Notebook. Just a reminder to you, the ALPO is an international organization devoted to the study of the sun, moon, planets, asteroids, meteors, and comets. Our goals are to stimulate, coordinate, and generally promote the study of these bodies using methods and instruments that are available to the communities of both amateur and professional astronomers. Until next time, my hope is you always have clear and steady skies. Get out there and look at the meteor shower. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs>